Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how educating them positively can impact their entire life as well as society. Each week we're having conversations with guests on different themes and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today we're welcoming Martin who will tell us all about meditation how it can be used to communicate with your kids and how it can help them understand their feelings. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe if you haven't already and write a review if you are listening from Apple Podcasts. But without further ado, let's begin. Faisant cette chanson. Maman, papa, maman, papa. Hi Martin, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Could you please introduce yourself? Okay, uh, my name is Martin Hassel. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Meditation in the Workplace. And really the the aim of the company is to teach as many people as possible meditation. And I found that one of the best ways of teaching people meditation is in the workplace, because often you you get to people who you wouldn't normally, who wouldn't normally come across meditation. Um, So I found when I was teaching meditation outside of the workplaces that I got a lot of people coming along, but they were, I was almost preaching to the converted. So I found that people who wanted to learn to meditate would come along to my sessions, which is, was really good. It was fantastic. Um, but when I do it teaching the, in the workplace, I get people coming along who are open-minded. And in that way, I teach people to meditate who wouldn't normally have exposure to meditation. Nice. And so why did you start, you know, learning yourself and then actually teaching to other people? Um, Well, I didn't really intend to learn to meditate. I got made redundant in the financial crisis in what would be 2009. And during that time, I was, it was very, very difficult to get another job. And I was on gardening leave as well. So, so I wasn't allowed to get another job. And I ended up doing some yoga classes with a friend of my wife's. And she was a yoga teacher. And, um, she said to me, I'm, I'm a yoga teacher. And I said, 
yeah, I do yoga. And she said, who is your yoga teacher? And I said, oh, the Nintendo Wii, which was what I was doing yoga on at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she said, uh, oh, no, you can't use the Nintendo Wii to do yoga. You must come along to my classes. So, so that's what I did for about six weeks. And then I, I was fortunate to get another job and go back to the city of London. Mm-hmm. And probably about a couple of weeks into the job, I had a, a call um, from my wife to say, that Mary Elena, my, my yoga teacher, had asked that I go along to a meditation class, okay. uh, which I did. And I almost didn't attend it. I only remembered the class when I was on the train on the way home. And I think I got to the station at seven o'clock when the, the, the um, course was about to start. Uh, and I thought, oh, maybe I won't go. And then I decided that I would. And in the end, I arrived about 15 minutes late, um, still in my suit, hungry, generally not sure whether I wanted to be there or not. But once I'd walked through the door, they were waiting for me. Mm-hmm. So I was herded into a little room in the back of, the, um, uh, of this guy's house. And I, I, I really didn't get on with the meditation at first. I, I probably would have left, um, but I was sitting, we were sitting cross-legged on the floor and my, my, my legs had gone to sleep. So you couldn't leave? No, I couldn't leave. My, my legs were, were, were sort of had gone to sleep. So, so I just kind of sat there and felt hungry and, and wanting to leave. Um, but I think on the third meditation, I kind of just, I don't know whether I gave up or whatever, but I must have transcended in some way. And I just felt really, really different. And... I remember walking out of the of the session and the thing that I observed more than anything else is that I had stopped being scared. I suddenly realized that probably for, for most of my life, I would carried a level of anxiety, a level of fear that at that moment had completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it wasn't a panacea. It, it kind of the anxiety came back again, but there was enough there to make me think that maybe I should do more of this meditation to yeah, help me to better control my anxiety, my fears. And, and since then, you know, it's led to me learning more, you know, doing a lot more meditation, eventually becoming a meditation teacher and, and setting up now a meditation in the workplace. Right. So since it really helped you, you decided you wanted to dedicate your time to help other people as well. Yes. Yeah. I, I guess there was two things about it is, is that, um, firstly, I, I, yeah, there, there was the personal aspect, and in meditation, I think you have to learn to. Uh, they say you have to learn to love yourself before you can help other people. So, so I think there was an element of, of um, yeah, if you like, sorting myself out somewhat um, before I was able to then, yeah, go on and, and teach other people. So, yeah, but but the, the most pleasurable thing, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now, is if you can help someone, if you can teach someone how to meditate, then, yeah, that's one of the most pleasurable things I, I think you can do in life. Well, for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so, obviously, you deal more often with adults, but why do you think it's important to kids to start meditating young? Um, well, because the benefits for children are the same as for adults. And I think there's this, there's this assumption, there's this idealised view of childhood, um, that childhood is you know, the best days of your life, this carefree time 
with nothing to worry about. But actually, you know, nothing is, is really farther from the truth, is, is that, you know, our kids are, are really very anxious. And I think perhaps even more so today than it um, has been in the past. I mean, it, you know, the pressure on kids to pass exams, you know, even to get from primary school to secondary school is absolutely huge. Um, so I think there's an awful lot of anxiety that, that children are carrying. So, so again, um, as with adults, if you can teach them a way so that they can alleviate their anxieties and fears, then that, that's got to be helpful. Right. So it's all about being grounded, deal with anxiety, as you just said, and maybe also build a habit from a younger age. Do you think it would be easier for the future if you learn how to meditate quite young? Yes, yes. I, I mean, I think it's, you know, clearly um, you, you don't teach meditation to children in the same way as you, you do adults. Um, you have to kind of simplify some of the concepts. Young children find it very, very difficult to, to visualize. So you have to be more literal um in in the meditation techniques and and sort of you can only really introduce kind of your conceptual visualization um to teenagers but but um you know the the thing that that um is really helpful for for children as well is is to you know, combine meditation with um, physical activity it's really good to you know do meditation after sport or you know one of the best things and it's been taught much more in schools now is is yoga um so you know doing yoga or sport or yeah, any kind of physical activity and then meditating you know teaching them how to relax is is really helpful okay yeah so it's more about relaxing and then i'm guessing that maybe with kids you cannot do a very long meditation or relaxation so i guess it also depends on the kid and the age but How does it work, really? Would it be like a short five minutes or can it be like 20? Yeah, I think it, 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 it depends on, on the child. In my experience, I've mostly worked with children who, you know, I've taught their parents meditation. So they've asked me then to, to um, help them to teach their, their children. So, yeah, the attention span of the younger the child, generally the less the attention span is. Um, so you use you know, shorter meditation, you know, simpler techniques, and that kind of helps them to you know, just get the concept. Um, and it's sort of a little and often, you know, sort of like, so I encourage parents to do something, you know, maybe a sort of relaxation, a, a body scan, something like that before um, children go to sleep at night uh, can be really helpful. So they just get into this idea of practice of relaxing, relaxing their body um, before they go to sleep every night. Mm -hmm. And so do you think it should be a little bit every day so that, you know, they're really, it's really a habit that's built? Or do you think, I mean, I guess, again, it depends for each kid, but... Yeah, I think I think it does depend somewhat with with each child, um, but but in, in essence, yeah, as with all meditation, the, the more regular the practice, so that if you can, yeah, whether you're an adult or a child, if you can do some sort of yeah daily practice, um, that's helpful. But it's also helpful um, in terms of uh, the emotion. 
So, you know, children, yeah, obviously get very angry and, and have lots of different emotions throughout the day. Um, so as a parent, if you are mindful of you know, your, children, your child's emotions and help them to recognize yeah, how their emotions are affecting them, sort of, um, you know, how it, how it affects them physically as well as mentally, you can sort of ask them how they feel inside, you know, ask them how they feel inside when they experience anger or fear or uncertainty, sadness, shame, all those sort of things. So without making a, a sort of kind of big deal of it, of a massive interrogation, but just from time to time, if you are as a parent unmindful, then you can sort of say, well, you know, you were really angry earlier on, you know, sort of, um, you know, what was it like? Yeah, we. Why did you do that? And sort of, you know, did such and such happening? Did that make you sad? Yeah, how did that make you feel? Yeah, how did it make you feel physically? You know, and that can also be happiness as well as amusement and things like that. So, so just connecting people with their connecting children with their emotions and feelings is helpful, and also getting them to talk to someone about it because that's one of the big problems that we all experience, adults and children, is not talking about emotions. And that can create um, you know, big sort of mental blockages um, in later life. Hmm, I see. So it could be used actually as a way to communicate. Yes, yes. You know, just, you know, and, and often it's, it's finding that quiet time. So, you know, trying to... Yeah, build those times in a, in a child's day when they, you know, they have that sort of relaxing time, you know, when, you know, they're sitting there and often, you know, maybe that's before bed, but it doesn't have to be um, just so that they've got time to talk about, you know, how their day was, how they felt, you know, about things perhaps that happened at school, you know, or in the playground or, or after school. Yeah. And, and how they feel about things. And, and often as an adult, you can, you can give them some insight that maybe they hadn't thought of themselves. And again, it encourages them to have those conversations in the future, which is, is really helpful to them. Right. And so do you think that the parents need to actually be meditating to be able to teach their child how to meditate and to really guide the session? Um. Yes and no, um, because I think it's it, it's I think it's it's more important from a parenting or as important from a parenting perspective. Obviously, I, ideally, um, you know, parents who meditate would, would be perfect, but not everyone wants to or is is um, in the right mindset to meditate. So I think being mindful as a parent um, that your child may have struggle with you know, various emotions like anger and sadness and but even the joy and the happiness side of things and, and how to deal with those those things so just recognize it you can do it academically of just saying I'm just going to you know, set out a certain time in my child's day when we're going to have this type of conversation um, obviously if you are meditating then it becomes much more natural to you because um, you'll be doing that for yourself as well mm-hmm and so what do you think of, for example, if the parents weren't really sure on how to proceed, should they find a guided meditation on YouTube? Or 
how can they actually know and find find out different types of meditation that they could teach their kids? Um, I mean, probably um, buying a book. There are there are sort of um, if you look on you know Amazon and things like that. I think you know buying a you know, a, a sort of a book from a recognised author is probably a good way of doing it. You know, there are lots of you know, you know how to meditate with your child type books and um, introducing meditation to children, so that you just understand the principles of of what it is that you're you're trying to achieve. I think that probably would be better than than maybe just randomly finding something on YouTube, which may or may not be appropriate. I think you have to, you know, with, with children, you have to be more careful, I think, in terms of, you know, um, how you introduce something to them and, and, and what you introduce to them so that they are, they're absolutely safe, it is that children are, are much more vulnerable than adults. So you, you have to tread carefully. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And I'm asking this again, I think it depends on each kid, but do you think there is, you know, an age that you can start at? Because I tried last time with a two years old and it didn't work. <laughs> so how, how can you try to adapt? Because what I was trying to do is actually just ask him to lay down and, and do more like a body scan. And I just started with think about your forehead and it just didn't happen. <laughs> How to also not get frustrated and maybe find another thing to do that works. Yeah, so um, the younger, like I say, is that young children don't get sort of kind of concepts, you know, sort of um, so, and it also depends on the time of day as well. So that's why I'm saying it's easier for parents than sort of a, an aunt or uncle or someone who just visits from time to time because you know, sometimes they're in the mood and sometimes they're not. So it's, it's kind of recognizing, understanding your child and understanding, you know, when they're likely to be in the mood to be able to sort of kind of lie down, yeah, on a, on a bed or, a, or the floor and just sort of say, well, yeah, how, how do your feet feel? You know, sort of how do your knees feel? How do your legs feel? You know, sort of, um, and, um, yeah, just, yeah, kind of make them aware of you know their you know emotions and things like that i say the the easiest thing for, for um two-year-olds their major major problem is around communication is that they they really struggle. that's why you have the, the terrible twos the, the the tantrums is is because they can't express themselves very well um so you know the, the that age group is, is is quite hard um and it gets easier as, as they get older but um, yeah, probably um, I, I've not actually tried to teach yoga in any way to a two-year-old. But uh, yeah, those kind of exercises and things like that might be good in, in terms of yeah helping them and then building yeah up from there and just do, taking it in in small steps. Mm -hmm. Actually, what we did afterwards was you know copying each other's movements. So, for example, copying what he was doing and moving our arms. So I think this was an activity that kind of like stopped him from running around because it was almost bedtime. But then we were having a hard time, you know. He didn't want to lay down and think about his forehead, 
but this activity was more fun so it kind of worked so I guess it depends you know if you say like oh do as I do maybe mm. and if you do some like calm gestures maybe that could be an idea yeah I, I, all those things are helpful and what you're trying to do is is to improve your level of concentration really um there's a lot about meditation is the ability to be able to to concentrate so one one of the things that you can do with older children and i would say that you, you could probably start at, at yeah maybe four something like that uh, but that's to get a, a sort of a, a tea tray and put a number of everyday objects on it you know so i don't know yeah marbles coins flowers key ring matchbox leaf ruler paper clip all those sort of things and then cover it up with a tea towel and just see how many things when you take when you put the tea towel on top of it how many things the child can remember um because we in meditation is or mindfulness is all about kind of living in the now so um and a lot of that is is you know, remembering and and um you know being able to um recall things so um that that's one it's co it's called kim's game and so that's a, an interesting one that um yeah you can make things entertaining for children mm -hmm. that's a good one i've also seen i don't know why to think about it it's some moving meditation where you sort of move a certain way and it's not really like sitting and try to clear your mind or think about something specific but more incorporating movements i don't know if you've seen that I haven't, I haven't really, other than it, it's, it sounds a little bit like flow yoga, um, which I, I, I've you know, done a little bit where you just literally, um, you really don't stop moving is that you go from one pose to the next and then, and then hold it. But, uh, um, yeah, there are, you know, like, I think, um, in, in Turkey, there's the whirling dervishes. Have you heard of them? They, these are the guys who just spin round and round and round. And they have these great costumes, and and that's they get into a very meditative state. You're doing that, so I'm sure that there are techniques that you can do that, but it's not something I personally have come across. Mm, okay, great. And so, is there any advice that you would like to share? Um, I think the first piece of advice I would you know, give people is, you know, for children to benefit from meditation they must want to do it. So, you know, you shouldn't be forcing your children to, to meditate. Um, you know, sometimes they, they don't like the word meditation, so you can call it something like focus, relaxation, or stilling or something like that. Um, and I guess the other piece of advice is, is that, you know, I would, you know, encourage parents to, you know, get their children maybe to go along to child yoga classes and things like that. There's a lot of training that, that yoga teachers you know, go through. So and there's always a little bit of relaxation and yeah, after after yoga sessions. So I think that would be a really good thing to do if um, if you've got small children or even you know, older children and teenagers. Right. And probably also, you know, try to make it fun and more like a game rather than something boring where you're just sitting. Yeah, because then you get into it has to be something that they want to do you know it is that um it has to have a, a sort of a benefit and and uh 
you know, and, and children love playing. So the more entertaining you can make it, um, the better. So I was yeah, going back to the, to the Kim's game. It's literally a game. It's a competition of how many things you can remember underneath the, um, the tea cloth, you know, children like that kind of competition. So trying to make things as enjoyable as possible, you know, they can, you know, try, you may get, buy some crystals you know big quartz crystal something like that and and children yeah love to hold onto a crystal and yeah and and be quiet and and focus on the crystal and things like that see if they can picture the crystal inside their minds and things like that just as a way of yeah bringing them um to a a, a bit of relaxation often um it's about they call it your monkey mind trying to control the monkey mind that flips from branch to branch and it's the same in children as it is in adults so just giving um, that little bit of peace in each person's day is really really helpful wow nice advice thank you so much it was great to learn more about meditation and especially for kids as yeah it's something that you really have to think about and prepare i guess and also adapt to each kid yeah i think it requires you know particularly from from parents and carers and things like that it just requires a little bit of yeah preparation and thought and, and just realizing that uh you know childhood isn't this fantastic tranquil um situation for, for kids often they, they are quite stressed they are quite anxious so you know just asking them how they feel how they Um, reacted to certain situations is, is very helpful and um, yeah so just the, the preparation being mindful is very helpful and hopefully that that sort of will give um, kids that strong foundation that they can take into adulthood hopefully thank you so much martin no thank you for thank you for um inviting me thank you bye-bye Bye. thank you so much for listening Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcast and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.